Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Adam, do you like card games? I do. Card games are great. Do you like when the numbers and face cards jump to life and attack you with swords? In video games, I'm okay with this. In real life, it eh, makes bridge difficult. Yeah, yeah. Poker would be hard if, if, if the Queen of Hearts came after you with a sword. Make it more interesting. I might play it then. But yeah, so Hand of Fate, there's two of them. There's Hand of Fate and Hand of Fate 2. Uh, they're available for PC, Mac OS, Xbox, PlayStation, and Linux, of all things. They were put out by Defiant Development. It was all digital. You can't like buy this physically anywhere. And sadly, they went out of business in 2019, which is really too bad. Uh, you yeah, can get this know. on Steam. I think you can get it on GOG. This game is, to describe it, is really weird. I first heard about this from, um, do you remember a website called uh, Game Trailers? I back do. In the day? Yeah, so they had uh, they had a bunch of great web shows and one of their guys ben talked about hand of fate one because he encountered it and he really loved it he just wanted to talk about it and i remember listening to it going oh, that sounds really cool and i bought it and i played it and then i ref referred you to the game mm -hmm. and like hand of fate two is just sort of like hand of fate one extreme version yeah where you're sitting across from the dealer who's like this medieval guy with a cloak and he starts laying down cards in front of you face down and they're built like a normal stack of playing cards except it's not clubs hearts diamonds and whatever there'll be like the four of the four of thieves the five of rats that sort of thing and he lays down these cards and then he has this little brass token which represents you and you move onto these cards and as you move onto a card you deal with it and maybe it's a role-playing element where it says you know you encounter something in the woods they say this what do you do it's all done with text and you you know you choose which option and whatever and and maybe there's well there's a chance of failure and there's a chance of success and so he'll show you four cards three will say failure or maybe three will say success and one will say failure he'll shuffle them you click on one and you know you win or you lose it's purely random and you might win cards that are swords or cards that are shields or helmets or whatever. You might earn gold and you also have food, which you spend every time you move from card to card, you spend food, but it'll heal you, things like that. But when it's time to fight, let's say you you, you come out on the wrong side of a, of a, of a role-playing event and they draw the four of greed and the three of rats. Well, now you're fighting four thieves and three rats. And it's this 3D hack and slash where your character has the sword of which you have the card and a shield for which you have the card and, and that sort of thing. And you get in there and you slug it out with these things. And the combat, the best I can compare it to is actually the Batman Arkham games. That was the comparison I was going to make as well. Yeah, which is about timing. Like he's about to swing, dodge now, yeah. jump in there, hit a couple times, get the hell out of the way. And so it's a cadence. It's, all, it's almost a a rhythm game in terms of the fighting mm -hmm. and it looks great and it plays really well and then hand of fate 2 is just that much more complex it creates a map and that sort of thing whereas in the first one you play like 
the greed hand. So you go to two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then you play instead of the queen of jacks, it would be the queen of greed, and it's a boss fight. Yeah. And then you start again on the next face, but now that boss might just show up to kick your ass randomly. And so by the time you're at the last of the four faces, you've got three angry bosses chasing you down. And then eventually you play the dealer and he throws all four bosses at you. And it, it's, it's great. It's so yep. good. Um, this was a small Australian company. They put out this game. It's a roguelike first off, which mm -hmm. means that even if you lose your round and you die, when you start over, anything you earned, you get to keep. And so you have to, when you start a new run, I guess we'll call it, you have to pick cards. It'll have you choose five weapons cards. These aren't cards, these aren't weapons you immediately have access to. These are weapons you might come across in that run. Yeah. Same with scenarios. So you can choose nothing but the easiest scenarios that you know how to beat over and over again, but you'll never make any progress. You'll never <laughs> gain access to better weapons. Right. So you could do that, but only if you're the greatest player in the fighting thing, in the fighting scenarios ever, because you'll never get more than the shitty first swords you get and that sort of thing. And, you know, and swords have different powers and all this sort of thing. It's a real role-playing game. And with the second one, you can actually change how you look and you get a companion who comes with you and he's handy for, you know, it's like team. You know, in the army, they say teamwork is essential because it gives the enemy someone else to shoot at. Uh, here, it's the same thing. You get your companion and he'll, he'll take a beating for you, but then he has special abilities he can throw at you, sort of like having your ultimate power in League of Legends. This game is great. It's still for sale. I think you can get it for about... I'm not even sure what the first one costs. The second one with all of its DLC is, I don't know, 20 bucks or something like that. Something like that, yeah. It doesn't take a, a powerful rig to run. You absolutely need a controller to play it. This is not yes. a mouse and keyboard thing. No, definitely um, not. It's a great game. I, I love this game. For me, with this game, I, uh, yeah, I jumped into this years ago now back when you first recommended it to me um and i got so i this was this is this hit at the perfect time because i had played all the batman arkham games but at the time i hadn't played either hadn't played knight or knight hadn't come out yet one of the two and this has got a very similar combat style to that where i find it's very uh, it, it makes it very easy to be good in combat because you get a little notification over your head when you need to dodge now or you get a notification over your head when you need to parry now so it, it gives you that that marker of this is how you play to feel like a badass in this game yeah uh the the gameplay itself is fantastic it's it's like you described earlier you need to play more things explore more areas to find extra stuff to throw into it as you find a new encounter, if you do the encounter right, great. You take that token and that encounter, you can now have it thrown into later decks. Um, it might be might have been something that was really, really worthwhile. Or it might be an encounter that's the middle of a quest chain. You start off this quest chain and you are given, oh, you need to go see this fella and that fella is going to appear in the next uh, the next level and then maybe you don't see him again until your next run after you've died and you've restarted again and you you bump across the next place that you're supposed to meet him or or you find somebody who needs food and that's another thing we didn't even mention is the the food and money system in this game yeah every time you move it costs you food you have money that you accrue to buy things from the various vendors that you come yeah. stumbling across in your travels through these dungeons or planes or what have you and you now need to balance well do i risk giving this guy food 
and maybe he's just going to run off with it and give me nothing or maybe it's going to be a god in disguise who gives me a divinely blessed weapon um, yeah and if you and run the, out of food you start bleeding <laughs> you start yes losing that, health. Is, that as well you start starving to death which uh so it kind of makes it important that you actually have food on you uh this this game from a storytelling standpoint is just so well done it's a roguelike in all the best ways and it it just feels so so good to play yeah, and the scenarios, these role-playing scenarios, you know what they all remind me of? Some some dungeon master in his basement. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to tell you a one-shot story that's going to take us the afternoon, so load up on Cheetos and Coke, and away we go. And I'm going to tell you the story about a festival you walked in on that dragged you off to somewhere weird, or you encountered a master of thieves, and you, you're going to pursue him. Or sometimes it's simple as you're going to take part in an arm wrestling competition. So... Uh, the first time you're in an arm wrestle, it'll give you three success cards and one failure card. And if you you know you click and if you're lucky enough to roll a, a success, then there's more stakes for the second round, and 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 it gets harder and harder until eventually you have four, you know, th sorry, three failure cards and one success card. And there's also a uh, a dice rolling mechanic, and you can re-roll oh, yeah. the dice. And this, there is not a game like this. I can't think of another game that comes even close to doing what this game does. It does it, 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 it is a truly unique game. There are very few games where you can say they're unique. There are games that have, you know, a unique mechanic or a unique idea, but this game is unique from the start to finish. And it's so cool because if you love role-playing and you love action and you like card games and this sort of thing, any one of those things will draw you in. Yeah. Um, and the stories are cool and you don't mind rereading the story again and again because next time you may make a different decision and get further into the story or go down a different branch of the story and the whole way it's being narrated by uh, the dealer and apparently they hired some big name older actor who leans into the role okay that makes and sense it's so so cool and that extends into the second game because when you defeat him at the end of the first game something i never did i was never i was never able to actually beat him but you do beat him and in the second game instead of being in this big hall with pillars you encounter him in the back of a medieval wagon mm -hmm. and he's, he's he's scarred up because he's still smarting from the last time you beat him and that plays into this new story which is now a map and you're learning about a king and a revolution and a civil war. I've never gotten very far in it because I'm just not good enough at this game, but I can't help but keep coming back to it because it's so cool. And when I forget why I like it, I load it up and, and go, oh no, that's right, this this game rocks. I want to play this again. It's very, very cool. It's, you know, we talked about uh, Crying Sons and this is like the medieval version of that, except with cards and hand-to-hand -hand fighting and role-playing stories. It's it's just cool as hell. I, I yeah. love it. Really awesome game. I think that if you were going to go and just pick up one of these, go and grab one. It's yeah, probably a bit one. cheaper. And uh, it's it's a lot more streamlined and straightforward. It's mechanics. Uh, that'll give you the best idea of whether or not you want to go ahead and get two. And if you like one, you're going to love two. Yeah, and that's the that's the perfect way to do it. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. Start with the first one. 
it'll cost you less and if you don't like it oh well is the second one is the first one with just uh, several extra layers of complexity but if you don't like the first one you're not going to like the second one it's not going to get better on you it's Absolutely. sort of like with the arkham games which we'll talk at some point start with arkham asylum which i think is still the best of them because if you don't like arkham asylum you're not going to like origins or city or night so start with the simple one which is probably the cheapest one and go from there same here hannah fate one start there it's really a shame that defiant development went out of business because this game is amazing and i only wish they had I only wish they this game had gotten a little more publicity because then maybe they would have made it. You know, sometimes I think it's why I, I wanted to start up this podcast to give great games their time in the sun. I just I feel bad that we didn't get to them in time by you know, several years. <laughs> well, we're we're a little bit behind, but by the same token, we also have what six hundred regular downloads, <laughs> something like that. So, so. I, I feel like our 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 listenership at this point in time, at the time of doing this probably wouldn't have saved the game but who knows maybe uh maybe in five ten years we can save indie developing studios yeah in the meantime go on to steam or wherever buy this game and have a ball 100 percent. and there it is there it is So, Farron, I know that you're a scholar of uh, historical medieval Europe, but Mm -hmm. how do you feel about Japanese mythology? I don't know a ton about it, but I enjoy it. I'm a big fan of medieval Japan. That's my thing. All right. Well, let's dive into a game that is almost exclusively retelling stories of Japanese folklore called Okami. Originally released on April 20th, 2006 for the PlayStation 2, uh, it would see a Wii re-release a couple of years later in 2008. It was developed by Clover Studios and published by Capcom. And then you also had an Okami HD remake, which is what we played, available on the PS3, PS4, Windows, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. So this game, uh, the first time I played it was on uh, Wii, which I believe is the best way to play it because of the motion controls. Um, And that was in my first year of university. I sat in the dingy little basement of the crappy house that I was renting with six other people and played (laughs) it on one of my roommate's Wiis. Uh, Okami itself is actually a pun title because depending on how it's spelled, it can either mean wolf or great deity. So as you're playing as Amaterasu, the wolf goddess of the sun, kind of plays into it but uh one way that i didn't know that this is another pun is pronounced differently the same written characters are the honorific title of the shinto sun goddess amaterasu so the whole thing ties in together three different ways it's great cool note uh the japanese emperor the imperial family are believed to be the descendants of amaterasu the sun goddess that's Mm -hmm. why they that's why they're the emperor so yeah. the, the, the Imperial family for 2000 years. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. So super cool. Uh, this, this game is just absolutely beautiful. The, the visual styling of this game is just meant to evoke watercolor paintings and ancient wood carvings. And it is so just delightful to watch and look at. Yeah. So this actually references a bunch of other uh, Capcom games as well. Uh, Mr. Orange has, well, one of the characters you meet early on the game named Mr. Orange, he's got a, uh, 
a very long, prolonged cinematic scene where it's apparently just a bunch of references to Street Fighter. Uh, it references uh, Beautiful Joe as well and, and a couple other Capcom titles. Uh, and like I said, I, I cannot stop talking about this game and its art style. It is beautiful. There are so many moments of just sheer wonder when you're playing through it, whether you get the little moments where you're feeding animals and the camera just does this 360 around you and the animal and plays beautiful music as this cute little animal has eats its food or when you revive one of the sakura trees and it's just this wave of blooming life sweeping through the area restoring waterfalls and springs and bringing trees back to life and blooming flowers it's just absolutely mind-bogglingly gorgeous to look at yeah I know that you had some problems with it, so let's talk about <laughs> uh, talk about your experience with the game. I'd love to tell you why I love this game, but first, Adam, I'd like to tell you a 30-minute story, haltingly. <laughs> to be fair, it's gorgeous. It tells an interesting story, but 17 minutes into this game, I still hadn't played it. Uh, <laughs> that opening cinematic is ridiculous. It is. Uh, you know, and it's it's what's worse. It's one of my complaints about Valkyria Chronicles is that after every line of dialogue, you have to hit the button mm -hmm. uh, to, to address it. And I, at one point, like, I think I was about 30 minutes into having started this game and I played for like five minutes and I was starting to get genuinely upset with this game. Like, are you going to let me play it? This is ridiculous. Like, I was sitting there practically yelling at the screen. I just want to play. And it drove me nuts. Like, you know, we talked about this and what makes a good game. And, and I talked about, you know, uh, what was it uh, a Metal Gear Solid 2 and like, at some point, do I get to play the game? Are you going to let me, you know, play? Um, and then you'd walk around for two seconds, and then some pain-in-the-ass Navi would go, hey, and then talk to you for another minute about what you're doing. And then you'd do something else. Hey! It's like, shut up and just let me play this freaking game. Please give me five minutes to play. And it came to the point where I was so frustrated, despite the fact that I enjoyed the gameplay, uh, the blurriness did a little bit for my motion sickness, but I, I was fine with it. But it came to the point, I got to about half an hour, and I just didn't want to play this game anymore. Yeah. Because it wouldn't let me play. And I found that, like, there was no... I started to look for ways to skip the story. Like, I stopped <laughs> caring. And this yeah. is a story game, so that's not a thing you should do until you're on your, I guess, your second playthrough, in which case you just want to play. But... Oh my God, does this game take way too long to let you play it? Yeah. And there are plenty of games out there that tell a good story. And look, the story they tell you at the beginning is absolutely vital. But there was no reason they couldn't give you, say, 10 minutes of gameplay and then introduce you to the story. Or right. simply find a better way to tell the story. But I couldn't help but get the impression that this game... I don't know. I think this game is just designed for a different culture. I, th I, I frankly think that the Japanese probably adore this game and they don't have the problems I do. It's the same reason I tend to bounce off JRPGs. These are culturally specific game tropes that don't work for me. And one of them is, let me talk your ear off for the next 17 minutes and then maybe I'll let you play if you're a good boy. Right. Wait, what? And it just, it drove me nuts. And it's too bad because it's so beautiful and it plays so well. And it sounds awesome. And the story, like, I almost want to go find, like, a YouTube video where they just show you the story. Yeah. I kind of want to just do that. But this game just drove me nuts. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Those are all perfectly fair critiques. This game takes a hot minute for you to start being able to do anything. 
It yeah. really, really does. And 18 or that so is, minutes, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it totally gets super irritating. I can't knock that uh, knock that critique at all. Uh, I think that it's definitely something that you kind of need to know what you're getting to in order to get to it. Like, you need some kind of a teaser. Like oh, this yeah. game, This game historically did really poorly, actually. Surprise, um, surprise. The the original original title uh, between PlayStation Two and the Wii, I think it sold less than a million copies. All of the versions together, including all the HD remakes, have sold just shy of three million. Like it. Yeah. Well, it's. It, uh, I I wonder if this is just so specific. You know, it's just so culturally specific, which is too bad because it tells a very cool story. And it does. Uh, you know how many times you want to hear about Greek gods? I'm looking forward to hearing something else. Um, mm -hmm. And. You know, I was fascinated by this game and its story. The only thing I didn't like is that it wouldn't let me play it. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, the first the first section of this game is probably its biggest rough points. I, I had a similar problem where I found everything was super blurry at the beginning. Once you got out of the first village and into I think it's Shinsu Field, um, then everything started to clean up for me a lot. Everything was a lot more crisp. Uh, I remember it being a lot more crisp when I played it on the Wii. And uh, I uh, mean, nostalgia. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm sure that there's probably some nostalgia there as well. But yep. on top of that, with the HD remake, you don't have a Wiimote to play the game with, so you yep. have a much more difficult time with uh, with the brush strokes. I found um, on on the Wii, it it's very fast, very intuitive to be able to do it using a, a PS4 controller. It's considerably more clunky, but it still gets the job done quite well. I had no problem with it. I thought it was a cool mechanic. It's Brushing, so cool. Creating a, you know, creating a bridge. That was cool as hell. Yeah. And to to clarify for people who haven't played the game before, uh, you you play a, a sun goddess and you're you're a In wolf. In the form of a wolf, yeah. Yeah. It, your primary ability comes from being able to use your celestial brush to paint things that you want to see, whether that's uh, rebuilding a bridge or slashing an enemy or making trees bloom or making the sun rise. There's a huge amount of different abilities that you get in this game, and they all come down to being able to accurately draw the design with the brush on the screen. Yeah, it's it's very very cool. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I imagine with a Wii it would be a lot of fun, but I had, I used a uh, DualShock Four. I had no problems. The camera was a little annoying, but whatever. It's just it's it's a little clunky, but that's fine. Yeah. Again, my only issue was that they just wouldn't let me play the game. Uh, yeah, but it's so good looking. It is. <laughs> oh, like when you get and you open it up, and you just start running. As you run for longer you run faster and as you run faster through an area that you've kind of brought back to life you just have this trail of flowers that starts sprouting behind you as you run across the landscape uh it does this really fun little job with people can talk to you and see you but they don't see you know, the flames that are coming out of your shoulder and the big giant disc on your back that you beat the snot out of imps with uh they just see you as this white wolf that's hanging out yeah, that's, um that's cool it's it's just such a, a beautifully done game. I mean, I, it verges on that point where it tries to be a piece of art more than it tries to, to be a game at some point. It's still a very functional game. It works perfectly well, but it is very much wrapped up in telling you its story and it wants you to hear it. Yeah, and, and it is, I would say it is a piece of art. It is gorgeous to look at it. It's all Japanese uh, paint. Well, I think it's watercolor painting. Yeah. And as I was playing it, it occurred to me 
I was thinking of another game series that we're going to have to do called Assassin's Creed Chronicles. Uh, there yeah. were these, uh, there was China, India, and Russia, and each of them was done in a style, an art style from the time period they take place in. So the uh, the first one, Assassin's Creed Chronicle China, looks like a Chinese water painting, and it's gorgeous. And then Assassin's Creed Chronicles India takes place in I think the 1800s, and it looks like the art that was. Uh, present in the Punjab province in that time period. And then the Russian one takes place during the revolution. So it's all that very angular Russian propaganda art. Mm -hmm. um, and they're as much acts of art as they are play. And it's hard not to look at a game like that and just go, wow, like, I, I just want to, I just want to look at this. It's, it's just so good looking. This is the sort of game you give to someone who isn't necessarily a gamer, but they're into art. Yeah, if you're, definitely. If you're trying you try this one and it's a pretty gentle game at least what i saw i, I it seems like, kid, kiddish not like childish but it seems like something a kid could get into for the mythology i don't know how yeah i don't i don't think it's gory i don't think anyone's getting a severed head it it, um, it doesn't get gory it's got its moments um that we you know like probably push this up to like a pg-13 rating awesome. but uh for the for the most part it's beautiful and fun and beating up comedic looking imps yeah no it's it's cool i just wish it would have let me play more <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh let's get around to it so do you think you're gonna go back and and give this any more of your time i think i'm gonna go on to youtube and i think i'm going to find uh someone who's played it and presents it as the story almost like i'm right. watching a, a like a, a movie like a let's but, play I, of it. but i can't see myself playing it to be perfectly yeah. honest just because it's frustrating to me but it reminds me a lot of uh hollow knight Hmm. It's just, it's trying to tell a story in an artistic way. And even if I'm not necessarily into the gameplay, I respect what it's doing, but I just wish you would let me play more. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to wind up continuing to play this. I, I put uh good three, four hours into this recently. So uh, I'll, I'll be carrying on with my playthrough. Have you completed it? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, when I, when I originally played this on the Wii, I, uh, I beat it and man it's just just the story in this game man it's 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 huge and it's beautiful and the art of this entire thing is absolutely outstanding um it actually wound up having a sequel on the uh 3ds i believe or was it oh. on the ds i think it was just on the ds okay. it was uh okami okami den that's what it was okay. you, you play as amaterasu's son in that one <laughs> Okay, um, yes. that's neat. Yeah, I mean, this would this sort of art style, I think, would work well on a 3DS, for sure. It definitely um, did. Yeah, I actually have a 2DS, but I think it would mm. work well. Yeah, I I think it was just the, the DS, but I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, so I think that about sums it up for Okami. So there it mm -hmm. is. There it is. 